Physics Teaching Podcast, a podcast for teachers of physics made by physics teachers. Physics teachers like me, Robin Griffiths, a full-time teacher of physics all the way through from year 8 through to year 13. And physics teachers like me, Thomas WP, a part-time, A-level mostly, teacher of physics. And we have a special guest today, Pat Kaplow. Great to be here. Great to hear your voices. Nice to see you on our video chat. Yes, because our podcasting tool Zencaster now has video and we can all see each other, but it's a podcast, so luckily no one can see us. <laughs> so I went for a lovely bike ride with Charlie Gilbank, the friend of the podcast, and we were chatting about the next episode and he said, I've got a great name for you, call it COVID Positives. So here we are, COVID Positives. We, as we come to the end of this, what have we got out of it? I remember a wise man asking me this question all those months ago, a year ago nearly. It was you, Pat. You said, well, how do you think our practice will change after this? So we brought you back on to help us answer that question. So let me put that to you, Patrick. What, how do you think our practice has changed and um, what's been good about it? Well, um, the, the, you know, I certainly think teacher accessibility um, through whatever video tool that you're using, we, we, we use Zoom, but I think, you know, uh, getting extra help, uh, you know, typically in our school system, that needs to happen right uh, at, uh, right after school. As soon as the bell rings, that's when a, a student can come and ask some extra questions. Um, but now that could happen hey, at 5 p.m., I've got a little bit of time before uh, I cook dinner. I can hop on Zoom and you can get your questions answered. Um, I don't have to do it, right? I'm, I'm technically off the clock, but if I choose to, uh, that's certainly this new flexibility that's now the norm. So that's certainly one way. How about you guys? What do you think? Well, I think the you're absolutely right there that the, the flexibility that's brought in uh, and that it's demonstrated to us is something that strikes me that, that that's a real positive. I think I've always found in my practice that I've always been tantalizingly close to increasing the amount of te- technology I use day to day, but I've always kind of shied away from it because it's never quite right and it's always really difficult. And you know how it is during term time, you're under pressure and you just think, I'm sure there's got to be a way. And I think the pandemic, what it's done is it's forced me to use a lot of new technological tools that I wouldn't have otherwise used. And I don't think I'm going to go back. I think we've talked uh, about Microsoft Forms and about Teams assignments. And uh, we've talked about some of the software packages recently that have been really good, like Nearpod, which was one that we discovered and chatted about a couple of weeks back. All of these are things that will now be in my arsenal and I'll use to, to a much greater extent. And, of course, that means that I'll have this toolkit, if you like, this this electronic library if you like of resources of assessments of things like that that i can call on and those those are there for me in perpetuity now yeah i think that going back to what you said pat it's a double-edged sword though isn't it i'm part-time some weeks i finish work on a tuesday lunchtime sorry everyone uh, but I do find myself, because I'm a giving sort of person and there's not much to do in lockdown, I do find myself answering questions. And I, I do love that access, but I don't think it's something, as you say, that we can expect. And I do find myself t- trying to turn off my presence on Teams come Friday at least. But then I still find myself hooking up and answering questions. But, but what I love about that is that you can say to the kid, do you want to just quickly chat about that video chat? Because if I'm in my office, I'll... I've got the video there and it's so nice to do a five minute chat 
Sometimes I record what I'm doing when I'm chatting to them and just send them the video straight away. And that's, as Robin says, the tools. I mean, OBS is a super powerful tool. I know I'm a, I'm a geek, but OBS has lets me record in really good fidelity, much better than Teams. And then you can just send that to the kids straight away. And I think that that is how I'll change my practice. Like I'm teaching tomorrow, the hopefully touch with the last week of teaching, and I'm doing. A, I've told them I'm doing a classic traditional lesson. I'm going to turn up with past papers, and you're going to do the questions. You know, normally when I'm teaching that, I'll wait five minutes and then just go through the questions slowly on the board. And what I've done is I've just now, before whilst I was waiting to to do the podcast, I've just recorded myself going through it. I'm going to introduce the lesson tomorrow and walk away. And I've got every part of every question has got a two-minute video of me going through it. So if they need help, they can look at it. And I'm there if they want to ask a question, but I'll be having a cup of coffee or something. And that, that I think, is super powerful. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, you know, and another another area that, I, that I'm really excited about, this is, if I'm being honest, I'd say this is probably for me, uh, looking forward, the one thing that I'm clinging to the most is assessment. And I'm not sure that it translates as well to the British system because marks, and we've joked about this in the past, but marks are based on your board exam in the end. They're not gifted by your teacher. But in the U.S. system, your performance on a monthly or every other week assessment is uh, has carries a ton of weight on your, you know, what we would call our grade point average. And that's the score that you report to universities, et cetera, et cetera. So why am I excited about it? Because how do you assess a student when they're at home uh, during a lockdown? And um, this plays well into an attitude about continuous improvement. If a student performs poorly on an assessment and you have 10 assessments queued up, and you can feel very strongly uh, about the validity and reliability of this assessment tool, then let's give them another one. If they're showing that they're going to keep practicing, keep getting better, learning from their mistakes, why not finish, you know, whatever you would start if you, you know, if you start in September with uh, kinematics, uh, uh, acceleration, velocity and, and displacement, and a student finally figures it out in January, why don't they have good marks on on that t- body of knowledge, you know, just because they didn't get it in September, my thoughts are, hey, keep looping around. And if you're going to stick with it, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. You say we don't do that assessment, but for two years, we're going to be teacher assessment on their A-levels and GCSEs. <laughs> uh, and we'll see if civilization collapses over here. Uh, but I totally agree with you. I mean, at A-level, which is my specialism, really, you are going round and round and churning around and revisiting. And they really don't. It doesn't come together until after Easter in the second year. And there's, the, they never believe you, but they always comes together after Easter in the second the second year. Always, and they, they're little happy faces, and they don't believe you. But every year, they you can see the little light bulbs going off, and it's that's the point. We do that terminal assessment. I think the ability to assess them along the way and show them are improving. Yeah, forms all day. I'm definitely going to use that. I've written down the word asynchronous here because it came up when we were talking to the kids that they uh, liked the idea that they could just put a question in the chat without interrupting the flow of the lesson. I think our teaching up until lockdown, until COVID, had been very linear. 
we, we taught in a classroom. We started at the beginning, we went through, we got to the end, then we moved on to the next topic and so on. And this is what you were saying, Patrick. You know, if they get it in January, why shouldn't they have access to the assessment? I think this sort of asynchronous thing that they can go back, they can look at the lessons that have been recorded. They can review that. They can review the assessments. They can do all those things. They can literally do the whole module again offline without even you having a look in and they, they can revisit that. And that's really important. And Thomas, you're absolutely right. A lot of the time, you know, the penny drops on forces when they're studying electric fields uh, and they're suddenly thinking, oh, now I get it because the field pulls it and that's the force and you've got the reaction. And oh. So then they go back and revisit the forces. They get a huge amount more than that out of that now. So the fact that they can access our body of knowledge offline, I think is going to be a really, when I say offline, of course, I mean online, <laughs> offline from the lesson, but online on the computer means that they're, they're, they have an extra dimension to their potential learning, which, which we can explore. Now, we have talked to several students about their COVID positives, and now this seems a good time to play it in because they mentioned a lot of the stuff we've mentioned just now. So I'm going to play that in now, kids from both sides of the pond. So for chemistry, one of my chemistry teachers, he was um, actually in school for a little while with... Um, well, with some pupils that were there, even during lockdown. But he was able to then do some of the experiments at school because he had accessibility to all of the um, chemicals and everything. And he could then film them, um, which we were able to then go through in class. And then one of my biology teachers, so we've been doing the respiratory system. So looking at lungs, we were looking at the gills of fish. And she, so for the fish one, she just said, if you are able to buy your own fish and we just had a live dissection lesson over teams where we all sort of did it online and she'd go through it step by step and then in terms of lungs she managed to get hold of some lungs from her local butchers or vet or whatever and again she did a similar thing where she just went through it live in the lesson over teams so it's been really really good actually so one thing my physics teacher has done is he set an experiment that we could do at home with um, various things that we have around the house to, and it's an experiment we would have done in school, but he managed with more to, technical equipment, not just stuff you'd find. Yeah. Yeah, um, but he managed to adapt it so that we could uh, do it at home and kind of see for ourselves what actually he was talking about and what should be happening it was spring extension yeah. but we didn't have to use a spring so i think the one we did because madeline and i we're twins so we're in the same physics class um we got a rolling pin put it on the side of the desk and then put a exercise band around the top and attached a water bottle to it and then put different uh were masses, different volumes of water in the thing. I think we went up in 100 grams each time and measured the spring extension or the exercise band extension. Quizlet's been really good um, because you can do Quizlet live, you can do it in teams by yourself. And then uh, that the, the words or the work that you've been doing on this stay there in your own little zone so you can come back in practice those definitions and all of that anytime we'll play something like five five different rounds straight away all in different teams so you can just 
sit there and you don't actually have to talk to anyone else while you do it because you can just concentrate and wait for your words to pop up. All a bit of fun but you, you learn while you're doing it. You talked about Nearpod on the podcast already but I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought that it was really good and I also really liked when we did games and lessons like especially if they said at the start of the lesson you're going to do a game at the end that made me pay more attention to the lesson because then I would be more likely to win and I also with the calls it was it was good because like it keeps you doing stuff properly and you have more structure to your day if they come on at the start of the lesson and be like this is what you have to do this is what you have to learn and then they'd just let us leave the lesson and then call at the end and then do a game or whatever or they'd talk us through what we had to be learning and then do a game at the end from a student's perspective i think one of the most positive changes has been pre-recorded lessons I mean, there's a huge advantage to being able to go back and rewatch a lesson and gain any missed information from the first time, or even have those resources available to you when studying. You know, before when everything was live in person, there was no way really to go back and soak in a second time what you learned, but now you can go back at whatever pace you need and make sure you really understand the material. I know especially in physics, screencasts of derivations or even worked out problems have been a great tool, and while they were available before, it definitely has been a more commonly used resource that I hope continues to be available to students even after we return to normalcy. So it's all been a bit sort of up in the air. I think I calculated I've had six weeks in school in the last year almost, so it's been interesting. Um, the fact that actually one of the benefits of moving online is that there's lots more opportunities available. So I've had my teachers have been able to um, they've been filming experiments, even doing sort of live dissections from home and things like that. And that's actually been, um, although we haven't been able to obviously experience it ourselves, it's been really helpful to have the teacher go through that and have that live so we can still ask questions rather than just sort of, I don't know, giving us a YouTube video to watch, things like that. Um, but also, um, one of my teachers is really good. He's been finding online webinars, um, even sort of work experience or STEM events to get involved with outside of school um, but and I think one of the things is I found especially in my age group is that we don't tend to interact very much online um, but I think the teacher's been really good in terms of getting involved of like getting people to sort of speak whether it's that that's through sort of using breakout rooms with your friends so that you're then more likely to sort of engage and talk and you're then feeling more confident to talk back in a sort of whole class setting to your teacher or using things just like chat functions and getting people to type in answers I found that people are a lot more likely to sort of interact that way rather than getting people to sort of speak up online. The teacher sort of decides what breakout rooms you go into. So I've done this in several lessons. Um, I think they figured out that we tend to engage more when we're put in breakout rooms with our friends. Obviously, sometimes it can go the other way and you then have people, you know, with their friends just chatting. But through a bit of trial and error, they've sort of, and through them knowing us as pupils, 
they've sort of been able to figure out who we know best, who we work best with, and then sort of go from there to create breakout rooms, which we can then engage with. I feel like it's easier to ask for help from teachers with the chat function without kind of stopping the whole class, like the flow of the class and like interrupting. And then we use breakout rooms, which I really like because it gets us like students together or a teacher and a student to help each other and like without the background noise. Because I, I think I work better without like loads of background noise. And I can be noisy sometimes, but and then if I'm noisy, someone else is noisier and it's like a noise battle. But uh, that's why I like the breakout rooms. Um, one of the things I found really useful for chemistry in particular was just using the whiteboard available in Teams because we've been doing things like mechanisms and stuff. And it's just so much more helpful to be able to see it through step by step rather than maybe just going through a PowerPoint where it's all written out. And then the teacher can just elaborate on that a lot more than they would otherwise. Um, another thing I found useful is forms which is just a sort of quiz microsoft forms which is just a quiz thing and you can go through and they'll have questions set and then they can see how many people put this answer or that answer and they can then pick out which bits that you're sort of unsure generally what will happen is they'll get up the whiteboard they'll have a example that they'll sort of go through we're able at any point just to sort of turn our mics on and contribute, ask a question. They can even use the whiteboard to have it so anyone can write on it or edit it. So they could then put out a question and then you can actually add to that and they could ask maybe one person to write out what you think would happen in this equation or whatever. And then from there they can see what you understand and work from that, I guess. I think with like a hybrid schedule where half of the students were in class and half were on Zoom, you had a more um, personal relationship with your classmate than your teacher. And I just, that was really helpful for me because I felt like I was closer to my peers and I could work with them better because I knew them more. I think scheduling like after school help sessions over Zoom or like scheduling like a retake is much easier because we have all these new platforms that are open to us now. I've enjoyed mostly the more interactive lessons where we get to um, go into breakout rooms and talk to each other and figure out problems working together. I find it much more enjoyable when we get to work at, work with your friends and figure out things as a team I guess. We normally get set maybe by year 13 questions, which are like a bit more challenging. So then it's, we're not necessarily expected to completely figure it out, but just see how far we can get really. We get set practice questions on like topics that we've finished covering. So now we're on mechanics, we still get set electricity questions, which means that we have electricity fresh in our minds still. So when it comes to like bigger exams that cover multiple topics, we've still got it fresh in our minds. The teachers will respond really quickly to emails or we can put um, questions on Teams and we have like group chats with Year 13s who can also try and answer any questions that we have. Well, we have like um, a group page, like a group physics page for um, sixth form. So whenever we have any practice questions that we're struggling with, we can post it on the page and Year 13s can kind of review their knowledge um, and we get to also figure out how to do it as well. Lauren and I are also both teaching assistants in our Physics 1 class, 
And one of the things that um, I think Lauren and I both have really enjoyed doing um, is organizing help sessions online um, with the use of, of online platforms like Zoom. And it's just been um, it's been a completely different experience than just doing than just um, offering sessions in person. I think when it's in person, it can get really really easy to become more of a lecture style format and so it can become a lot more more impersonal whereas I think online um, you have all these tools um, you have like breakout rooms and such and you're able to really kind of establish these more um, personal relations with people who need help and you're able to help people out at a more individual pace. I find in my geography lessons it's not it's not like exciting but we get given the PowerPoint so we can refer back to it at any point. We can keep it in our OneDrive somewhere in the internet and come back to it when, when we need it, revise from it, write everything down in our books and do it all in our own time, which is really, really nice. And uh, you don't have to um, move, move on when like, the fastest kid in the class is done. You don't have to wait for people. It's all, it's all quite nice. In our school, we have we've had a hybrid system where it's half in, half out. The way teachers have gone about um, putting and almost outlining what has been done in a day, I think I think uh, my peers can attest that it's like across the board has just been a lot more organized and clear because they have to be because students are literally just not there some days and just having to be like, okay, I saw it through the Zoom camera. Um, and it's just really nice because I know even like I may be in college next year, but if I was in high school still, or even if I'm in college, knowing what happened in a class and like being able to look back at that and then also knowing what is maybe due the next day or like the objectives is always something that helps out. And that even goes further to like an understanding like perspective of like, I mean, for everyone in COVID, it has been such a hard time um, from mental health to literal health to like sickness and it's just really nice to see teachers almost taking a step back and saying like, okay, we, there are as much as we are here to learn, we're also here to grow. So like taking that as an important step. Uh, so thank you so much to uh, Elliot, Bethany, Heather, Will, Ethan, Madeline, Lauren, Harriet, Austin, and Sophie. Thank you so much for contributing to the podcast. We admire you. You're wonderful, and thank you for being positive. It was interesting, though, we cut out all... We didn't want to have any negatives, but you know, they all said things like... Negatives like, sitting, watching a PowerPoint being clicked through is really boring. And the long days... I mean, Harriet mm. said the long days... Where, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. The interactive lessons are great, but five hours is a long, hard day. So we know there were a lot of negatives, but we're concentrating on the positives. And I think the appreciation that therefore came from anything that broke that monotony, like if, I mean, I tried to engineer a few and I just thought I, they were setting my teeth on edge with these practicals that I was setting at home, just knowing they were awful, <laughs> they were going to yield terrible results, but at least it got them away from the screen sure. and mucking around with a kettle or uh, a, one of their lights from home and a phone sensor or whatever it happened to be, you know, at least there was something in some sort of practical investigation to remind them that physics is a practical subject. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, you know, uh, we had the, I, I think you guys have been in full lockdown, but we had hybrid, like 50% students. So I would kind of just, this sounds, 
I'm a bit embarrassed, but I'd focus my lesson planning to the students who are in front of me and, and, and try to offset that so that when the other students came in, we were also doing something a little bit more hands-on. It wasn't just lecture. Uh, but, but I did do some things at home, uh, you know, a, a coefficient of restitution on an inclined plane, those kinds of uh, things that are easily done at home and, and felt very strongly about um, lesson planning in that regard, trying to give them yeah, something. And, and I think admiration to the teacher who told the kids a week in advance, buy a fish and then we will dissect it together. And I had this beautiful picture that was Bethany talking about that, you know, of her sitting dissecting a fish with all her friends and oh classmates dissecting it i mean that is that is a, something a memorable experience surely I, th- I, th- I thought i was really glad to hear that, that the people had had practical work to do but what i thought was also interesting was the the breakout rooms you know a couple of them said about how useful breakout rooms were and i'm, I'm guessing it's not just that you haven't got the teacher going blah 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 but i think also these kids are all isolated aren't they it's a social interaction with someone else well, I will say in my classes when I put them in breakout rooms and I jumped into the rooms, complete silence. It was a mixed bag for me in terms of students really engaging and using that opportunity. So there were some students I felt like it would be the same group. I could have written them down who's going to be participating and who's going to have the camera off and may or may not be even like nearby. So, uh, you know, we, we, I, I felt not that I gave up, uh, but I certainly tended to focus on the kids who are using those opportunities to their best of their abilities, other than calling home and, you know, getting mom and dad to, to get them back to the computer. I wasn't sure what else, like what else. Yeah, I that could always do. is a worry, isn't it? The, the, the effort one had to make of checking they were all there, put your hand up if you're still paying attention yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. I, had a, I, I used really simple stuff quite a lot, like type your answer into the chat and don't press, don't say it, and don't press enter until I say go, and we'll see. And that was just a, a simple way of doing it and, and trying to keep them engaged. But I thought also the games, I mean, that you, what you were saying earlier, Robin, about tools that we'll now use, the games. The, you know, Harriet was saying how she'd really enjoyed a lesson when there was a game advertised, and you know, I'd never heard of... Uh, Nearpod, and I think Nearpod has huge potential. You know, I, I put together lessons. You know, we did it differently this time, so people were in charge of the, the run of lessons. So I wrote a run of lessons in Year Seven Light, and Charlie's been teaching that. And I used a Nearpod video that I'd made in the first lockdown and put multi-choice questions in it. And then Charlie actually presented it and shared his screen of he shared his screen of me teaching and then stopped it and talked about it and that was you know using nearpod i thought i thought you know that the power of that is extraordinary you know forms i'll use definitely plickers i worked well online although i only did it once um because we were running out of time i and and quizlet i didn't know anything about quizlet uh, quizlet's super powerful so all these tools that i will definitely use moving forward yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably just sort of, you know, the, the, the words of caution, and I think it's interesting, Patrick, I think you touched on this. You've been doing hybrid teaching, and I did hybrid as well, and I, I was exactly the same as you. I I, I would tend to focus on the the, 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 uh, the the students who were there in front of me in the lesson, not the ones who were at home particularly, and they tended to get a bit of a raw deal. So it worries me a little that school leadership might think that that's a model that's 
possible and without any scaling whatsoever. And I, I do think it needs some scale. I think you need an assistant there. I think you need probably multiple cameras so that practical work can be broadcast from one of the groups to home, things like this. So I think there's an investment needed if that's going to become a normal way of teaching. And I think you mentioned it as well, the sort of the never off danger, which was, was something yeah. that I think many corporate users have now understood with email and many companies turn their email servers off in the evening things like that because they realize the danger of this constant anxiety that you're missing something at work or things like that that sort of thing is is a a potential downside just a danger that we just need to guard against and be careful of yeah i think that's a a very valid point i tried to as we've got towards the end of it to say to the classes that i you know i'm part-time i will help but i please avoid fridays um and they tent and do it some of them don't remember but it's you know at least i'm making an effort and i think as you say you you need to be aware of it yeah you know i i I love the concept of your your podcast episode theme covid positives i worry uh of i have to personally fight back the attitude of i can't wait for it to go back to normal and, and, and I think it's because we're never going to go back to normal. There's no normal to go back to. So the, you know, I feel like I have to really challenge myself and say, hey, you know, it's going to take some retooling. I've been at this for 17 years. Do I really want to reinvent my class? That might be the best way to do it. You know, now that I've seen the power of asynchronous learning, um, capturing videos, you know, I used to, to do that in some ways. Uh, uh, you know, looping assessments. These are all things that do take preparation time that I think veteran teachers, I'll speak for myself, are sometimes like, hey, I can just go back, walk in on any given day and ace a lecture. Uh, But that might not be the best thing for kids. And so I personally feel like I'm going to have to spend a lot of time kind of... It's a really good point. I think you do, you, you inevitably... Uh, in anything that you do, there's there's a temptation towards a nice. Was it what's it? Um, I think James De Winter mentioned the velvet lined rut was the was the way you put it, which I, I thought was really really good. You, you kind of slip into that really easily, and it, and it is a good thing. So anything like this that challenges us, that kicks us out of that somehow, we've got to take the positives away, haven't we? We've got to take those away because they'll make our teaching better and more fun and more engaging for longer. Yeah. yeah. Now I tweeted out. I, I unleashed a tweet, Robin, be proud of me, uh, asking the dear listener. And the dear listener did reply. We had one reply <laughs> a couple of days ago. I put this out. Uh, and I thought this was another really interesting. And this it has been a positive experience. Uh, so thank you, Mr. Little Stem, Ed Little, who said it's not directly physics, but parents evening. It's so much easier online. And he says he'll be using MS Forms and FET more often. And the, the big update on FET, Robin, uh, a really a, a light bulb that behaves like a real filament bulb. Please with that. Back, back to Parents' Evening. We we tried a system for Parents' Evening that was a bit bizarre, but it did work. And I think virtual Parents' Evening is a winner, really, once we sort out the technology. What were your experiences of it, Pat? Yeah, similar. I do, you know, um, I do enjoy meeting parents. Uh, our parents' evening, uh, well, well, we have what's called an open house uh, maybe a week or two into the school year where it's uh, a whole classroom of parents uh, will come in and we give a 10-minute uh, little spiel. And then we have one-on-one um, meetings, and that's what we would call parent-teacher conferences. And those were done virtually. And, um, you know, I, I like them. I do like the the personal interactions of sitting across the table from, from people, but I certainly saw more people. I think once we removed the barrier of having to 
know your way around the school and maybe take some time off of work. There were some busy parents who were able to kind of make it on a Zoom meeting uh, that would have otherwise not been able to. And, and just that access makes a Yeah, we used a system called School Cloud. Uh, I don't know if anybody's come across it. I'm sure some of the listeners will have used it, but it was really, really powerful. And, and basically what it did was it allowed you a uh, 10-minute appointment, say, uh, and after 10 minutes, you know, after nine minutes, the clock would go orange and then it'd go red in the last 10 seconds. And literally it got to the end and it uh-huh. cut off and that was it. That was all you got. Uh, and I thought I thought at first, oh, my goodness, that is going to be very harsh. Parents are not going to like that. They're going to find that difficult. But, of course, you, you tailor it. We're teachers. We do yeah. stuff to clocks all the time. We're really, really good at that. Yeah. We were able – within a couple of appointments, you're used to thinking, okay, yeah, I've, got, I've substantively said what I need to say now. I get their feedback. Their feedback's good. That's it. I've got 30 seconds left. I can leave it there kind of thing. So that was really, really powerful. I think we, we just got through a whole lot more people on parents even than we would have done otherwise. And as you say, Pat, Pat it's just you know, uh, getting up, having to wander around, doing all of that. That's just wasted time. So um, I hope that they carry on with, with um, Zoom-based parents' evenings because I think that the parents liked it, the teachers liked it, that that's a bit of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I, we use something similar. It might even have been the same tool. I always have a watch on my table, and I always tell the kids, I stick to time. Tell your parents <laughs> if they're in a queue and it's my time, they need to come to me. Um, so I was really pleased. I've always advocated ring a bell every five minutes on parents' evening and make everyone move, apart from the teachers, obviously. I, I was a fan of it, but our software, if it was the same one, I felt it was a bit clunky. You didn't get much of a warning. It stopped more before the end. And there was no warning. You just got cut off. Uh, and then there was no warning before they arrived. There was no green room. So that that was problematic. But I, I absolutely think it's a brilliant idea because it's so much more efficient. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we used Zoom uh, waiting rooms. And so you could see the next parents. And so I'd, I'd verbally cue the existing you know, current parents, I'd say, well, all right, I've got some other people waiting and they, and they understood. So uh, it, it went fairly smoothly for us. Now, School Cloud, I have to say, was pretty slick, apart from the fact that obviously for the first parents evening we did in the year, obviously School Cloud had been completely overwhelmed with the demand for this service. And so it, our parents evening started at uh, five o'clock and at 10 to five, the whole site fell over, presumably because everybody else's schools were starting at 10 to 5. But they got that sorted out within – and then the next parents' meeting was a week later, so we were all getting close to 5 o'clock, that one going, is it going to be okay? And it was fine. They, they got it sorted. So it is a very good service. So I can recommend School Cloud. It worked very well, and it did give warning, and it gave countdowns, uh, and there were countdowns to the next appointment, and you could test your video before. It was very, very slick. I thought it was a very good system. I don't know about you two, but – I am a bit tired of the on it's gone a bit stale, the online learning I've managed. It's that like towards the end of a long journey when you know you're nearly home, you kind of want to get through it. So I've got one week left, it's my long week and I, I will get through it. I'll be sitting here planning today. But next week I'll be planning for it back in the class and the wheel that you can both see will be in the lab as an Atwood machine. Thanks to Pat and all his tips on teaching rotational dynamics. So all that's left to say is uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure, Thomas. I'll see you next week. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, lads. It's been a long time. Nice to, uh, nice to hear you. Thank you very much. And see you next week.
thank you for listening to the Physics Teaching Podcast. And special thanks this week to Elliot, Bethany, Will, Heather, Madeline, Ethan, Harriet, Lauren, Sophie and Austin. I think that's everyone. And of course, the wonderful Pat Kaplow. The podcast is presented by me, Thomas WP, with Robin Griffiths. And presented by me with Robin doing the show notes. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak to you next week.